everyone, welcome to episode 6. My name is Georgia Ma and I am your host of Chinese Chippy Girl. Oh, and my Chinese name is Ma Puyu and I am a BBC, British born Chinese. Thank you so much for tuning in my lovelies. For those of you new to my pods, I talk about my life as a BBC grown up in the UK as a minority. I cover topics that resonates with other BBCs and other East Asians, such as being brought up with more than one cultural identity, how a childhood may have been different to the other kids at school, being a parent's translators, and oh yes, the racism. Speaking of which, thanks to everyone who messaged me since my last episode, episode 5, where I talk about my most recent experience of being trolled. It's just really nice to know that there's a community out there that's sending me such positive vibes. So thank you so much for everyone that messaged me. And if anybody does receive any hate messages, whether it's about your race or sexuality or religion or just anything really, it is a very serious matter. Um, And if you do receive it, please do report it because you'll feel tons better And it's really important that the police have these figures as well. And hate crime just can't be brushed under the carpet. Anyway, about this episode, I'm absolutely delighted about this one as I interview boss lady Yi from Dumpling Shack. And for those of you that don't know who or what Dumpling Shack is, hello, have you been living under a rock? (laughs) Uh, Sorry, it's just because I've been such a a huge fan of Dumpling Shack since their early days when they were at Broadway Market and just fast forward a few years, they've now branched out and they've got their flagship stall in Spitalfields and they've opened up another stall in South Quay as well. One thing I really love about Yi's story is that her and her husband John, they're both BBCs and they're both from a Chinese takeaway or Chinese restaurant background which I know a lot of BBCs have vowed never to return back to from working back at their parents' takeaway or restaurant. But they absolutely nailed it and they bring their experience and Chinese heritage to us through their stall and through their dumplings. And I swear they have made eating dumplings one of the coolest things to eat these days. But before I take it away with you, Please, I just want to ask one quick favour from you all. If you have any suggestions about my pods or you just want to drop me a note to say hi, please do as I love saying hi back to people and I just love hearing people's comments and feedback. You can catch me on Instagram at ChineseChippyGirl or you can drop me an email, ChineseChippyGirl at gmail.com. And if you do like this pod, please feel free to subscribe. As I'm not going to lie, it does give me a little bit of a big head. (laughs) And more importantly, if you do enjoy it and you think somebody else might enjoy these pods too, feel free to share it with them, screenshot it, share it, and also don't forget to tag me in as well, Chinese Chippy Girl. And okay, let's just take it away, Yi. How are you? Good, thank you. You? Yeah, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How's your day been? Uh, it's been okay today. I was, wasn't too busy. Like usually, beginning of the week's um, a bit quieter, so it's a bit more relaxing. Yeah, you guys are always so busy. Whenever I like pop in to see you guys, you know, just like to order. Obviously, like way before like I'd even considered like speaking to you, but you know, just to, like order as a punter. There's always like a big queue. Yeah, so usually the weekends is probably when it's the busiest, probably now. 
yeah because of covid so there's less office workers so people probably tend to come into london or treat themselves to dumplings on a weekend yeah so whenever you come it's always a busy time and it's like lunchtime yeah i know do you know what i always come at lunchtime so oh, your food is your food is so great though it's amazing oh, thank you um and how do people like you that help us to keep going oh like, bless yeah. <laughs> um how have you been anyway yeah i've been really well probably a little bit like exhausted and stressed from opening up the second site um i know like me and john have both been we're still working every day but he's having to um look after the other place by himself with a team of um staff and i've been at spitalfield with the other half of the staff uh-huh because yeah, i've been um because i've been following you guys and i didn't realize that you guys were opening another another restaurant do you call it a restaurant i don't know what you'd call no, it probably like a another kind of like place i don't know it's not really a restaurant because the seating is like a shared seating area that's like in the reception area yeah and um, we would have their coffee and teas or do some work yeah okay and it's like um, there's like a, a counter table and a back kitchen where we work from mm-hmm. they're more like a standalone place i don't know what yeah i don't know what you call it either because i was telling um i was telling my mum uh my mum listens to all his podcasts so i really have to watch what i'm saying <laughs> And uh, she's like, oh, have you got an episode? Uh, episode five, I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, I've got like, uh, I've got a girl called Yi and, you know, the own dumpling shack. She's like, me, I dumpling shack. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just trying to describe to her, like, what, like, because obviously it's not street food, it's not a restaurant. And then I was trying to describe it to her in Chinese as well. And she was like, just talk English. Now. I'm like, oh, God, my Chinese oh, is like that cute. bad. He's <laughs> like, um gaudi dong or something like that maybe dong dong as in like stool oh yeah 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 that's no, really I good call ourselves like a, a stool within the market i wouldn't say standalone shop yet until we get something that's like actually a shop that's ours uh-huh but in the market yeah. oh it's a gaudi dong yeah actually no that makes more sense actually yeah i'll say that next time um but whilst we're on this topic ye do you want to just um just for the listeners out there do you want to just introduce yourself tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do and everything yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Yi, uh, one of the owners of Dumpling Jack. Um, I run the business with my husband, John. Um, he started the business towards the end of 2014, um, just like trading one day a week on a Saturday at Broadway Market alongside his um, five-day-a-week office job. And then when we met, we actually met just towards the beginning of Dumpling Shack, actually. Um, but I didn't really start joining him to work together until maybe about a year later. And then um, after trading for so long, and then we went full-time. When we say full-time, we meant we quit our full-time jobs and we just did the Broadway market one day a week um, for about six to nine months. And then we found um, a stall at Old Spitalfield Market in 2017, October. So next month is our third anniversary at the market. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the day-to-day is mainly sort of like... Um, wrapping the dumplings um john pan fries the dumplings alongside um the other team members mm-hmm. I, don't, I still don't know how to pan fry them because i'm too scared of <laughs> so they, they, they like you're you're the owner but you're probably going to be the last person to learn how to fry them <laughs> so i'm too scared of the oil like splashing that's the thing that i can't get over yet <laughs> i'm willing to learn but i just haven't quite got round to learning 
It really, it really hurts her because I remember when back in my chippy days, whenever I used to uh, fry like the sweet and sour pork or fry the fish, it, it, and or when you used to put the chips in the um, in a big yeah. oil thing, it used to really hurt, especially when it's like a bit of liquid and it makes the oil splash even more. Yeah, because when when they're pan frying halfway, they, they add some water. Ah, oh, do they? It, okay, it's like the oil goes everywhere, and you have to like turn the heat down and put the lid on. Yeah. That's the bit where usually the oil just goes mad because it's touching water, it's, um, like mixing the water. So I let the guys do the pan frying and usually I'm just there kind of like to, to wrap the dumplings, take orders mm-hmm. and just to deal with the admin side. Mm-hmm. So all the accounting, VAT, staff, everything, that's that's wonder. That's all everything that I do. Mm-hmm. I see. Sorry, go on. Uh, sorry, I just interrupted you. Um, I see you as the face of Dumpling Shack because when customers come to your come to your store you're the first person who they see and that you're the first person who who they speak to um I've got a little story to tell you about you guys so I came across you guys years and years ago and um this was yeah it's it years ago it must have been about four five years ago or something and someone said to me because I quite like my food and I I like to go to like, you know, Borough Market and Maltby Street yeah. Market and all the, you know, the food markets and stuff. And someone said to me like, oh, do you like dumplings? And I went, oh yeah, of course I like dumplings, uh, you know. And then um, they said, oh, you need to visit this place. But I didn't know, we didn't, we didn't know your name at the time because, mm. oh, there's a place that does dumplings, like really nice dumplings and they're at Broadway Market. So I went to Broadway Market yeah. and I was like walking up and down, up and down, up and down. I was like, where are yeah. they? And I just couldn't find you. And it wasn't until when I got home that someone said, you're at the school. Yes, yeah, so our first location was in the schoolyard. Yeah. And then we got moved to the main street where Benjamin Close was towards the end of, um, towards the end of our time at Broadway Market. Ah, okay. So yeah. I didn't really know you guys then, but then I think afterwards, I think I found you on Instagram and I said, oh, um, I couldn't find you guys. You know, where are you? I think one of you got back to me and said, oh, I'm, I'm at the schoolyard, London Field School or something. Yeah. And I remember thinking, right, okay, I need to go back. And then I went back maybe a couple of weeks after, but I went back quite late, but you'd run out of dumplings. And I was just like, do you have any dumplings left? You're like, no. And, and there wasn't a queue or anything. I thought, oh, well, obviously, you know, you've run out. But anyway, the following week, third time lucky, I got to you guys and ordered dumplings. Oh, oh I've just been such a big fan, like, ever oh, since. That's great. Do you remember which ones you ordered? The menu back um, then is different. <laughs> I know, I was just going to say, the menu back then, I think you guys, I think it was just predominantly dumplings. Uh, but I think I just got, like, you know, the original pan-fried dumplings. So me and my mm-hmm. partner, what we normally do is... Um, well, he was boyfriend at the time. But uh, we normally just get, like go to different stores and then we, we share things that like we get like yeah, a small yeah, portion yeah. and then we go somewhere else and then we share but I think oh, gonna sound like such a geek but when we went went to your store first because obviously we really want to try dumplings we we got the dumplings and then rather than going to another store to get something else we just had to queue back and then just like get some more dumplings because they were so the good and then I'd seen that um and it's really good following you on Instagram because I've seen I feel like I've 
I don't know, like it's it's really inspiring seeing like your how your journey has evolved. And oh, then you got, you know, that you went to um in Spitalfields as well, and then you had Fen Noodles. Um is it Fen, yeah, Fen Noodles. Yeah, Fen Noodles yeah, next Fen door. Noodles yeah. next door, yeah. Because I didn't realise that was yours. I thought it was like I actually thought it was a competitor or something, but then I thought the layout's <laughs> quite similar. But no, it's the same. And then now you've got South Key as well. So congratulations to you and John, it's amazing. Oh, thank you. Obviously you've been really successful when you're at the school and then you kind of went to Spitalfields like tell me more about that journey what made you kind of take that leap of leap of faith and go to Spitalfields which is like a really established area in East London because like I say before we already quit our uh, full-time jobs I think it was maybe 20 maybe halfway through 2016 okay um I think we already quit our jobs um and just to do this full-time and because it's just the two of us so there was uh, two of us to work like two, three days beforehand to make up like um, the get everything ready for the mm-hmm. Saturday market. And then he's like, oh, like we can't quite live off this just one day a week. Like we need to, uh, John was like, oh, I want a future. I want to get married, I want to buy a house and have kids. So then we were emailing like different um, markets and places. And then randomly, um, I think it was Spitalfields that contacted us saying we've got um, that we're renovating this area and we've got like 10 new kitchens that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, oh, like this is a good site. And we went there several times to have a look, to observe, like lunchtime was busy, weekend was busy. And we thought we probably couldn't make this work, you know. So we thought, let's, let's just do it. I mean, we don't really have much experience of running anything ourselves apart from the Broadway market stall. But because like, my parents run a takeaway and John's parents run a restaurant, Okay. I think that really, really helped um, for us to overcome our fear of like, we're just like, let's just do it. Like we've already quit our jobs and we can't just survive on one day a market. Mm-hmm. And John's really ambitious. He would love to like keep expanding and then hopefully turn into a franchise and have more sites. So it, this was like the first step. Yeah. And we're thinking, we always sell out earlier on a Saturday by about three o'clock. So how do we <laughs> keep going every seven days a week and to go to around about 6, 7 p.m.? We didn't know. We, we were thinking, oh, we'll just do all that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously with the right equipment and the right staff, it worked out. Yeah. We're stressing over that at first. We're thinking like, how are we going to do it? And I said, I'm not too sure. <laughs> but I said, we're just going to have to wing it because you, we've agreed to it now. <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, what were you and John doing before? Like, what was your full-time jobs? Um, so I worked at the Bank of England for four years. Oh, wow, that's totally not like Dumpling Shack. No, it was very different, four years. And then I worked at Yokin for a year and I worked at Primrose Bakery for about a month because I'm really into baking. So I thought I'd try going to baking for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But then at the end of the day, like seeing that John was going to do this full time, Mm -hmm. it just made more sense for me to work with him. Mm -hmm. And we tested it out that working together was fine. Um, John was working for um, a company that was help. He's working for a company that was helping other companies to float onto the market. Okay, and he was helping to prepare the legal documents for that. Wow, this is completely not the food industry. (laughs) So different. Yeah, before he joined that, he worked in Hong Kong for a year. Uh, I think it was at the Bank of China. Okay. So that is then after he came back from the Bank of China in Hong Kong. That's when he thought, oh let's do something on the weekend and he started to sell dumplings because he thought dumplings are very versatile so you can have loads of different fillings with it yeah that's why he thought oh let's do let's um, try a dumpling store because your business has taken up and it's looking at your instagram as well and you've got like fifty thousand followers that's amazing and the big queue people queuing up and everything especially during eat out to help out 
Yeah, that, that, that was pretty crazy, that was. Do you yeah. think that the um, ETAC to help out really, like, helped you guys? I mean, for me, when I first heard about that, I, was, I wasn't too sure whether or not to join it because it's like 50% off. But then thinking about it, the government pays you back the other 50%. Mm-hmm. So you're not really losing out. And I wouldn't say the admin part is too exhausting. Well, actually, I lied because... <laughs> I didn't really imagine that it would be that busy so I had because you have to go through basically online you've got to submit like how many diners and how much discount was given so I said to help to tally up how many how much discount was given um but as to how many diners I had to do that manually maybe I was being silly but every night I had to go home and count each receipt because sometimes the receipt might have been for three people so it wasn't like one ticket was one diner one ticket could be for four diners mm-hmm. and I had to go through and manually count them and sometimes I lost count so I had to start again <laughs> so I want to say I want to say it was like a nightmare because the government's giving you like some money to help you but I must say that I had to make sure that I did it every night or at least within the two days of mm-hmm. that um to help out so that I wouldn't be lazy and not do it um, and money came into the account pretty quickly, about five days. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think it was that bad. Um, but I would say that we had to get in extra staff to help and work because it yeah. was really, really busy, especially the last day, which was um, a bank holiday Monday. Mm-hmm. That was really crazy. People were queuing up for an hour. Yeah. It was, I never experienced anything like that before. I was really <laughs> amazed at, at like, how drawn people were to Dumpling Shack and our fried chicken special box mm-hmm. that we had that day. Um, it was worth the exhaustion that day. Yeah, no, because I remember, because um, on that bank holiday, because we were actually in Spitalfields and we were going to... Who are you? Yeah, we are Spitalfields. I wanted to come and say hi to you because um, because you guys posted one of my episodes on your stories. I just wanted to introduce myself and just say hi, but I was like, there's no way I'm saying hi. You know, you haven't even got time for like for yourselves. And I was just like, oh, I, I, seen, I think I seen John come out right at the very start. I think it took like a video of the queue because the queue yeah. kind of went all the way around and that's right at the start it was um, a bit stressful because one of our fryers broke down oh did it it was like everything was all set we we're ready to go but then at the beginning is like oh one of the fryers suddenly just stopped working and it was brand new as well so we had to go and find a solution or i don't know how john fixed it but john did it john's always john's like turning into a really good handyman now at fixing things <laughs> So what's the setup now that you were saying that you've opened up South Key and you opened that a couple of weeks ago. So does that mean, are you in Spitalfields and is John in South Key then? Yeah, so John's in South Key every day still at the moment. Okay. Um, and then I'm at Spitalfields every day still. Um, and around about mid-afternoon, I head over just to make sure they're okay at South Key. Mm-hmm. Because the Spitalfields team are pretty much, they don't really need me there um, to look after them or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just to help with lunch service. Um, and to let them rotate for breaks. Mm-hmm. And then I, I head out and just see how South Key's doing, help yeah. do a bit of prep. Because we haven't um, overstaffed it at South Key yet. Um, just at the beginning, just to see how busy it is. Mm-hmm. So I just go over there, just see if they need any help. Mm-hmm. Do, you get, um, do you get a buzz? Like, you know, when you first started opening, was it like just full of... Because it felt like, because I remember on Instagram, I was watching at the countdown and there was one picture that you guys posted of just boxes just everywhere. And um, yeah. I think one of you were like, oh, this is just like a quarter, quarter of the of box. It, yeah. yeah. And that where's everything going to fit? Like, 
was that that must have like like tell me what just what what went on in your mind like it just it just sounded so chaotic but at the same time it just felt like I can just feel your buzz yeah like I remember like just like the few days because we delayed the opening already by another week because we were meant to open the same week um like just before bank holiday but then we're thinking that's a bit crazy because there's still EL to help out to sort out and I really don't think we can open that same week mm-hmm. so we thought let's just wait for EL to help out to finish and open on that week because there's just too much to sort out equipment wasn't brought yet like stock wasn't brought there's no 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 dry stock no fresh stock <laughs> and I was very very excited like every day my it just felt weird. like my heart was pumping every day like really yeah. really fast like constantly having butterflies and feeling nervous nervous but really happy because obviously um setting up another site means like there's more admin side like another set of staff mm-hmm. another set of um like stock to organize suppliers to set up mm-hmm. um stock check just loads of things to set up and also trying to put the right staff there as well that can then assist john because mm-hmm. like previously um as spittle feels i'm always we always work together day by day so we'd help each other like he'll deal with um like emails on expansion or site um, site viewings. And I would look at stuff like our oh, staff problems or ordering stock, mm-hmm. um, training people, et cetera. So now that we're split up, he kind of has to do, he has to be on his own on that side. And it's, it's, it feels a bit different. Do you miss him? Like, Sorry. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but saying that though, now that we're not working together every day, there's more to talk about in the evening. Oh, nice. Because we say like, what happened at South Key today? What happened at Spitalfields today? And then we just like gossip and join yeah. the conversation together. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, bless. Um, I, one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on the show is because I'm really fascinated by your background and your story. And I'll tell you why, because when I worked with my mum and dad yeah. in the chippy, the last thing I wanted to do was to work in another kind of like food industry, especially a Chinese one. And a quite a lot of, because in, in our generation, um, you know, like, you know, our BBC generation, like the takeaway generation, a lot of us were brought up in a chippy and we worked with our parents and I'll, the people who I've spoken to, they've, they've thought, okay, we just don't want to go back into that industry. So we're just doing like this stuff that you and John were doing beforehand, yeah. like working with Bank of England, you know, working in corporate and stuff. But it's it's really interesting to hear your story, because you worked at your mum and dad's takeaway. And I think you said John John's parents had a restaurant as well. And then yeah, you've kind of well. continued with that tradition. Yeah, which is quite funny, because I remember when I was working my dad's takeaway, um, like part time, because my parents didn't speak much English. Um, so the front of house, whenever that person was on leave, or holiday, I'd ha- they have to co- they have to coordinate it with me being off um, from uni. Okay, to take those the weeks off so that I can work. And I used to hate it. <laughs> like, it would just be like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to do this. And I remember John saying that he also told his dad, like when he was 16, like, I, I don't want to like work in food or hospitality. But it's funny that now we're both in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've seen how hard our parents have worked um, and it's rubbed off on us. Mm-hmm. So my parents used to work six days. And I think John's parents worked seven days and then six days too. Mm-hmm. So they're both sides, like my, in, which is now my mother-in-law, father-in-law, 
Um, they're really, really hardworking. My parents are hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because, for example, the feedback that you give that you give us and customers give us is what makes us motivated to carry on working and carry on producing more dumplings. Mm-hmm. It's that it's the support from like our Instagram followers. Some have come from. Some say to me like, "Oh, I'm from California. I followed you for ages, and I finally come to London, and this is the first place I'm coming to." Oh wow. Or, or two days ago when John said um, a couple was at um, South Key and they're just here for holiday, but they go, the food's really, really good. We really enjoyed it. We're coming, like they came back twice, uh, two mm-hmm. days in a row. It's things like that that really keep us going, even yeah. though it's, it's tiring, it's tough, um, but it's feedback like that and that we just managed to, to keep working and work even harder. Oh, amazing. Enjoyable working every day. Like sometimes, of course, sometimes, of course we feel tired, we're still people. Um, but then once we're in the work mode and it's a it's a busy day and everything's going smoothly, I think that's the most enjoyable thing. And also because we've we've hired like a team of really really good staff, um, they're like family to us. Mm-hmm. But it's really enjoyable working with them. Do your parents still have the takeaway? No, parents, um, they stopped the takeaway maybe in 20, I think it's end of 2014 when they, when they sold it off, or 2015. Yeah. Where was the takeaway? So the takeaway was in Hertfordshire, in Chesham. Okay. So Is we had two. Up? Sorry. Yeah. So I was born in, uh, I was born in Enfield, and okay. the, take, the takeaway's in Chesham. Uh-huh. They had two. The first one was in Buckinghamshire, and then they sold that off, and then we, and then we moved back to Hertfordshire, and then, and then had the second one for about 10 years. Hmm. So I worked from 15, that's age 15. Oh, did you work from age 15? Mm, Age 15. Ah, you're so lucky. I was like nine. (laughs) I was so young. Like mushrooms, like simple, simple stuff in the first takeaway. Only in the second takeaway where I really got thrown in the the deep end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think um, all the kind of takeaway experience that you had has kind of helped to build up your business. And again, like John's experience working at his parents' restaurant, it's really helped to kind of expand the business of Dumpling Shack. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we talk from like, because obviously we're not chefs. We don't call ourselves chefs. We just, I don't know what you call maybe dumpling makers or we're just the owners of a of Dumpling Shack and we can make dumplings. Um, so we, there's a lot of stuff where John's taught himself and then also through experience and experience of his parents or my parents on how to cook certain foods and then through just looking at cookery books um and then like talking about managing and running the place I'd say it's really helped it's really helped me that my parents used to get me to help them run it because like I said my parents don't speak good English so a lot of the admin side I would help my dad do it um so it's quite useful that I've been doing that since the age of 15 mm-hmm. and by the time when we had this Spitalfield shop, it's just basically using what I've known before and just placing it into here. Yeah. So that, that was quite nice. I've definitely thanking my parents for um, making me do that when I was at that age. Cause I didn't like it. No. Like, like on the phone call to like BT or EDF energy or the gas supplier trying to sort out the contract and get a lower rate and stuff like that. Like building my confidence to speak to people. Mm-hmm. I've always been quite a shy person. Um, and I had to speak over the phone on behalf of my dad for the takeaway. And that definitely has helped me to gain a lot of experience in like talking to people. 
dad always say like, oh, when you talk to them on the phone, make sure you ask them for their name, their number, what time you spoke <laughs> to them. So I do that sometimes now as well, just for reference. Yeah. He's always saying, hey, do you answer their name? I said, no. He goes, oh, chun chai, next time remember to, okay? <laughs> chun chun. Oh. You know what? It's so weird how at that young age, because our parents, our parents ran the shop and because we were so young, we had to manage the shop for them. Like yeah. whenever there was like a customer complaint and then my, my mum's English, my dad's English is a bit better. Mum's isn't that great. So whenever there's customer complaint, they'll be like, I want to speak to a manager. And then my mum be like, oh, hold on one second. And she's like, and I'm like, what, 11? You know, still my school uniform. Yeah. And then she's like, she wants to speak to manager. I'm just yeah. like, in a school uniform. I'm like, hi, can I help you? He goes, are you the manager? I'm like, I'm not the manager, but it's my mum and dad's shop. Is there something I can help you with? I, I've always found that quite useful, you know, as growing up and, you know, in my yeah, career sure. now as well. Sometimes when I go to Chinatown in London, I just feel like, the customer I don't know about you but the customer service isn't really as great they're quite kind of like full hay like they're quite yeah, just they don't want to be there. yeah they don't want to be there they don't really care about what I'm trying to tell them or what I say or you know I don't know it's just um yeah the customer service isn't um always quite there though. Well, but, um, they don't notice that you're waiting to pay for their goods yeah 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 definitely or when you pay for the bill, then they kind of like, you know, clear up your table quite quickly and then just like expect you to, to move on. You can't really, I find in Chinatown, I can't really, in the restaurant, I, I can't really sit there and enjoy my meal and have a chat with, with you and all my friends. It's kind of like just eat and then I've got to, you've got to, you know, after you've eaten, you've just got to leave the table and, you know, chat your way out or something. Yeah, because I've got to fit in as many customers as possible in the night. Yeah. It's been a long, it's been quite a long time since I ate in Chinatown, I think. Well, at least like Chinatown, like Chinese restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't actually been there for quite a long time since probably lockdown, maybe. Yeah. They've done it all up now. It's, it's actually quite nice. They've got um, the alfresco dining. Um, I saw that all the tables outside. Yeah, it's really good. Um, also, just out of curiosity, where do you normally go for a dim sum in London in general? Oh, it's been a very long time that, I, that I've been to dim sum. Um, the last time that we did have some kind of dim sum, we had Yawacha Takeaway. Because we work every oh, day, nice. like dim sum is the time that dim sum takes place is the time when dumping shack's got a lunch rush. Yeah. So I think so. The two year, the last time when I went two years ago was maybe Mayfair Gardens. Uh, that's oh, okay. Oxford Street. I think it's is it Princess Gardens or Mayfair Gardens. Um, it's just off the back of um, one of the side roads down Selfridges. Right. Okay. Um, that was with a team actually. I remember we we shut a bit early and we took them out for dim sum on bank holiday. But the last time that I did had like a dim sum was Yawacha. Right, okay. Which one did uh, you go to? It was City. Mm-hmm. We just got takeaway there because that's the closest one to Liverpool Street. Um, we had it for dinner, <laughs> not for lunch. Um, but saying that, we are planning to go for dim sum next month. Actually, mm-hmm. we're planning on taking a day off, just just to like relax and. Chill, like just chill for a bit after all this stress and frustration of opening a second another site <laughs> so we're planning on going to um imperial treasure where they Which do the that one it's the one by um piccadilly circus where they do the the um peking duck right okay oh nice yeah so i think of trying legs i've heard good good things about it um mm-hmm. so i think i might, might try and book there and go on a weekday 
yeah i'll let you know how it is yeah yeah let me know the um, duck is very good i've been to the duck um twice in singapore and twice in london now actually and it's our favorite peking duck place is it yeah oh nice <laughs> I've been following your your, your, um, your Instagram. I think you also said right at the start that you're that you bake as well. Tell me about yeah. that because do you do you sell any of your you know the bakery at Duncan Shack as well? So I didn't really sell anything, um, but then during lockdown, um, I was just making some like roll cakes. It's like a Swiss mm-hmm. roll, but slightly fluffier and not as dry as a the Western style Swiss roll cakes that you get. It's more like a Japanese style, like a chiffon cake. Yeah. So I was making that and then um, John said, oh, this is like quite nice. Like you should sell it. So then I started selling it on the weekends and I kept it up for maybe about two months. Mm-hmm. But then I stopped recently because of, um, yeah, to help out was pretty busy. And then now South Key's open and I can't, I don't really have enough time at the moment because um, I get home quite late now after closing up at South Key. I get home around about half eight, nine. Because before I split off, I'd probably get home around about eight o'clock and then I'll start baking and ready for the next day for the weekend to sell. Oh, okay. But I've stopped kind of at the moment. Um, just too much going on. Yeah, too much going on. And I did like, we were like testing some stuff out um, just after lockdown as well. But I haven't had a chance to sell them yet. Have you thought about opening like um, a cake shop or something as well? Because I think you would do so well in it. So I hadn't really, but John's always been saying like, you know, we should like keep this idea for our, bake sh- for our cake shop or a cafe or Chinese cake shop. I haven't really because... I just feel like when you're doing it on your own, once again, like as a standalone shop, it's a bit more scary. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to have an expectation. They're going to compare it to um, WA Cafe or um, the Bakehouse in Chinatown. So it has to be, like if I was to open something, it would have to be really, really good, like wow. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to like open up and sell this like seven days a week. But until I've like mastered the recipes and tested more things out, I don't think I would at the moment. But maybe later, long later on in life, maybe. Oh, I, do you know what? I think you're. Uh, I think you're shooting yourself down because on your Insta pages, or your your game may bow, ball or bow, like the honey buns and the coconut buns, ball or bow, is that coconut bun or pineapple bun? It just bun. look incredible. Looks so good. Thank you. Um, I just wish. I do wish. Like I did enjoy the time during lockdown because I was baking every day. Because I was just itching, like it's because we closed for one month, and I was really itching to bake, and we couldn't eat it all ourselves. So I just gave it to the the neighbours in the apartment. I just left it downstairs at reception, and I really did enjoy baking. And I was running out of ingredients, but I managed to order um, like via the suppliers that I have at Spitalfields, and mm-hmm. um, to get them to deliver to the shop. And I'll go to the market and pick it up. So I had eggs and butter and flour because um, Tesco's wouldn't had like none left. I do miss that time when I was baking a lot and experimenting. So now that I'm working so much, there's less time to bake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do miss it. Honestly, yeah. I do. Like all, that, all the bowels that I made, I would love to make some more to feed the staff because ha- not all of them have tried everything yet. Rather than having cereal for breakfast, I want to change up their breakfast sometimes, but there isn't enough time at the moment. Oh, do you cook this stuff breakfast as well? Um, sometimes we do cook breakfast. Sometimes um, we have like cereal. and Sometimes we go and buy them breakfast. It depends. Right, okay. If I have time in the morning, I'll make them something really simple. Um, nothing too fancy or difficult. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. 
just change it up because like the staff work really hard mm-hmm. and sometimes if I know that day is going to be quite busy or if we're understaffed I want to make sure that they're fed well because a good breakfast means they're fueled and mm-hmm. if they're going to have a break have a lunch break quite late then I just feel like I'm treating them a bit better because mm-hmm. they're working really hard and without them like we couldn't be we wouldn't have dumpling shop if it wasn't for these people who are working for us yeah so, oh, kudos well, we, to the staff. We have to, we have to eat as well. So, <laughs> oh, um, I wanted. Do you mind if we just jump back a little bit? Mm, no problem. And talk about you and John because okay. I think it's really cute. You know, back in the day, again in the Chinese chippy days, the Chinese the, the shop is run by the mum and dad, Jack Logan Paul, yeah. husband and wife. Yeah. And obviously the kids grow up and then they just don't do that. And then the F1 just goes their separate ways and stuff. And then, so it, it's very rare that you, you would, it's very rare that you would hear a couple working together and building a business together. Um, so just want to talk about that. And also just want to talk about, you know, at the beginning where you met and most importantly, I want to talk about your wedding as well, because you yeah. looked absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so we met, it's quite random. So it wasn't on a dating website or anything. I think I think I just opened an Instagram account back then about 2014. Mm-hmm. And I love food um, and so did John. And I think it's just, I think he was trying to like, he has been active on Instagram to try and um, look for more followers to let, let people know that he's got this business going. And I just, I, I don't remember how I stumbled across it, but started commenting on some pictures and then he was supposed to like arrange like with a group of foodies, um, like a steak night. But then they all didn't like manage to make it. And it just ended up me and John going to Beast, which is where we had our first meal together and where we had our wedding banquet um, last Monday. And we just had a first meal and then just kind of like clicked and things just kind of fell into place. And after that, it was like, oh, where should we go to eat next week? And and, and then we just happened to know that his mum... knows my granddad and my auntie so such a small world (laughs) my mum lives in the village next door and basically his mum knows like my family and my granddad knows her and Mm -hmm. I think they used to work together at the restaurant so it's just such a small world world. yeah small world um so I was quite shocked and mum's oh yeah I I actually do know this this lady um (laughs) and I was like oh okay (laughs) what coincidence oh wow it's been like non-stop for you because I feel like you know when people get people get married they just like take a break get married go on a honeymoon but you're like right get married right okay next next day just open up dumpling shack right have the Chinese ceremony next day just open up another store I know know. because because of covid so the the registry is meant to be end of April and then the Chinese banquet was end of May Mm -hmm. and then we planned to go on honeymoon for two weeks in June um, to go to Japan um, and Hong Kong, maybe in another place like Korea or Singapore. Mm-hmm. But then because of COVID, it got delayed. So things didn't happen till like August. And then obviously, like you said, the banquet didn't happen till uh, last week in um, September. So, and then obviously we can't really go anywhere because of COVID. <laughs> so the only, only way to go is to go back to work. <laughs> and seeing as we just opened up the the second place in South Key and then, um, I had staff who wanted to take some leave and was kind of understaffed because of the new places opened. So the only thing, the only best thing to do was just to work, work it off. <laughs> we, were, we were a little like shattered 
the day after the banquet, we're thinking, oh, it would have been nice. Now we know, we understand why people have a honeymoon right after the wedding. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to relax, like either go to a resort or something. Um, but it's fine. We just thought we're just carrying on working because we're, we're hoping that we can go somewhere at Christmas. Yeah. We're not too sure. Because obviously if like the way, if like, obviously the UK is getting worse with the cases, then we may need to quarantine when we get to that country, then there's not really much point. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We're really, fingers crossed that we get to have break at christmas because yeah. usually we so the past few christmases and um, we've closed um for a few days to give everyone a break and us a break so it's been quite nice but obviously we had a month off during covid um but it would be nice if we could actually have a honeymoon and eat crazy in japan yeah oh is that what you want to do you want to go to japan but you yeah, want to go to japan and explore like a few of the places like kyoto osaka mm-hmm. um tokyo again and they go to Hong Kong to see um, John's grandparents who are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whereabouts in Hong Kong? Um, so his family's from, his dad's side's from Saigon. Right, okay. Um, and my mum's side is from um, Satin. Ah, Satin, yeah, New Territories. Yeah. Yes, ah, okay, yeah. Oh, cool, okay. Yeah, because we usually go back once a year to see them, um, even if it's just for a few days. Mm-hmm. It's a nice break for us. Yeah, I love Hong Kong. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, I really miss Hong Kong. Yeah, me too. Mm. When we can go back, hopefully soon. (laughs) Um, And I noticed that you had an actual Chinese wedding ceremony, you know, with like the sort out. Did you have one of your aunties that combed your hair? Yeah, so because of COVID, so I didn't manage to get any of um, like mum's friends or aunties to come and comb the hair. Because traditionally they say like you should find someone who's got a good life, like a homemaking yeah. person, who's maybe got like, um, who's retired, maybe got like a few grandkids, you know, just a good life because then they're supposed to pass on the good stuff on to you. Mm-hmm. So obviously with COVID, like we couldn't really w- invite anyone over. Um, so my mum just did it herself. Oh, did your mum do it? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, mum did it, yeah, did it which is quite nice as well. Oh, I think it's really nice. I think it's really nice how you've got an actual Chinese ceremony as well because... I don't know. I feel like if I ever got married, that's what I would quite like as well. Um, but yeah. I think it's very special. So I wasn't really sure what to look, how I'd feel until that night and then that day. Because obviously for me and John, he was saying that the registry part at Islington Town Hall was the most important part for him and the most enjoyable for him. Mm-hmm. And not that he's saying that the other part's not enjoyable. It's just that for him, like that was the day where we're officially married, Mr. and Mrs. And you put the ring, exchange rings and, you know, mm-hmm. It's like, I'm Mrs. Lee now and he's, he's got a wife. Um, but for the Chinese part, I think that's the most important part for the parents. Yeah. Because it's like you're sending your daughter off now. And the other side, it's like we're taking a daughter into our family now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like when dad handed, I didn't expect, because obviously um, I was upstairs and then mum was shouting like, go on, go upstairs and, and take your daughter down. And I didn't really expect that to happen. Obviously, we weren't having like a church ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got dad to like hold my hand and come down the stairs and I felt oh, quite but I was like that's really emotional because makeup's just been done I said I, I can't waste this makeup <laughs> I sat there for two hours not having to move and I'm quite a fidgety person so sitting there not being able to move for two hours and getting excited was quite difficult for me because I'm always on the move um so I was thinking like oh, I mustn't cry like this is like the most beautiful I'm ever gonna look with makeup on so I said let's not cry and then when dad handed me over and said, like, oh, look, look after Abby. They call me Abby, just like a nickname. Uh-huh. Look after her. And I was like, oh, God, this is so emotional. I was like, I mustn't cry. Oh. <laughs> it was really nice. And then 
And then mum's um, quite superstitious. So there's stuff like, she goes, when you walk out the door, don't look back. So oh, really? Door, yeah, when I walked out the front door, she kept saying, like, don't look back. And then I was reminding John, like, mum said, don't look back. Just keep looking forward. Um, and then <laughs> just, just head off um, back to our apartment. And then we'll see you in the evening. Oh, how lucky that is. Yeah, and the yum tar part where, like, once you've drank this tea, it's like the yup jomun, like you've gotten into our house. Mm-hmm. So you're our family now. So I think for the Chinese parents, that was the most important part. Yeah. So even though we got married in August, um, I, he carried on and I carried on called, calling both parents auntie and uncle mm-hmm. up until that ceremony, tea ceremony was done. So it, it was... It was really nice, but then I also still in a habit of calling her auntie rather than mother-in-law or right, mum. Okay. Yeah. What is mother-in-law in China? What is it? Um, oh, Lai Lai um, or something? Yeah, so no. I call her Lai Lai, but then right, okay. yeah, correct, so Lai Lai. But then John can call my mum like Oi Mo and Oi Fu. Oi but I think um, it's easier just to say Ama and Aba. I was kind of grateful that um, John suggested to have it at Beast. Mm-hmm. and really grateful that Beast were actually closed on those days that I wanted to have the wedding. So I hired out the whole venue. Um, and Antonio, the manager there, was really helpful. Everything was all organised and arranged by him, and it was just turn up and then just have some food and enjoy yourself. Mm. So it was really good. It wasn't stressful. The food looked really good. Yeah, food looked really good. Yeah. The cake looked really good as well from your Instagram. I asked um, Kaylee from the Sweet Tooth Factory to help me make it. So she was actually still on maternity leave, um, but I messaged her. She goes, "Oh, I'd love to help make make this cake." So I go, "Oh, that'd be great." And then I got um, one of the florists to help me decorate the cake and everything. So it was great. It was um, a coconut and lime cake, um, semi naked, and the cake was super, super moist. It wasn't too sweet. It was, it was great. It like, looks so the, nice. All the Chinese, um, all the Chinese families and the the elderly, they all approved because you know they don't really like anything too sweet with buttercream. No. So I had to base it off. Partly like what they like and partly what I like. Yeah, because Chinese bakery is so different to like British bakery. It's I feel like it's lighter, it's not as sweet. Yeah, and it's exactly. maybe a bit more creamy and it's a bit more fruit as well. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. Whereas uh, if I went for like a Western style cake, it probably would have been like salted caramel, peanut butter, chocolate. It would have been like too sweet for them. Yeah. I thought I'd go something a bit lighter and um, everyone likes coconut and a bit of like fruity lime flavor because <laughs> um I was like Katie I really don't know like I-, I love cake and I make cakes at home but I really don't know what what my dream wedding cake is but I knew that I wanted some kind of coconut flavor I was oh how about we pair it with um lime so I thought oh, okay I'll leave it up to you just surprise me and it turned out it was amazing oh really good Oh, so nice to hear that story. I wasn't too sure if I was allowed to ask. It's quite a personal thing asking about someone's wedding. But no, I just not. thought it was so nice because obviously it was, there's was a bit of like Chinese culture in there as well. And you wore your choir. And I loved all your um, all your gold as well. Oh, it was just gold. like going up all the way up your arm. <laughs> that is only to wear for like just for the tea ceremony and um, just for pictures. Because mm-hmm. no one would like realistic. That's the only time when you wear it. And like, I understand why. That, like those gold bangles that I received from my mum, my mother-in-law, my grandma um, and my future sister-in-law's parents also brought me some gold bangles. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I'm going to pass on to my kids or my daughter-in-law in the future. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really nice that um, I got so many because then I can pass it on and hopefully it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Because um, John got a gold 
plated like it's like a gold necklace with like a heart-shaped plate on it saying like happiness hung for mm-hmm. and that's passed on from i think his great great grandma really passed on um so then obviously he's now going to pass it on so i think i think it's really nice that we that we have this tradition yeah um and obviously it's just nice that this chinese part of the wedding managed to go through yeah because what happened was when they announced that and the gatherings were reduced from 30 to six or like reduced to six mm-hmm. on Monday, the 14th. I was panicking because I said, that's our banquet. Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Then they said like, except for weddings. So I was waiting for Boris to <gasps> announce for that. Yeah. Um, my heart was pumping. Like I was messaging people saying like, oh, there might be a change. Like, I don't know if I need to postpone it or do we still go ahead? And they're just waiting. Like we waited so long already. Um, and they're having to wait for the announcement. And then finally it was like, give them the go ahead. We're like, oh, thank God for that. Yeah. Lucky, really lucky. Yeah, it's just that obviously we we had the wedding planned at a certain time and then had the honeymoon planned in order to then make sure that it doesn't affect the way how the business runs. Mm-hmm. Because obviously John wants to carry on expanding and I didn't want to um, be short staffed at a time when we're expanding. And neither do I want to go on a honeymoon whilst we're expanding mm-hmm. or opening a new place. Because like you said, it's the buzz when you're opening up the third or fourth site that you, mm-hmm. you have to be there. Yeah. Like it's great to be there and on opening day to see it all happen and go through that stress of that lunch rush and then closing and thinking, okay, how do we improve? What went <laughs> wrong? What wasn't right? Let's reorganize this place, etc. It's just It's just that nice feeling. Yeah. It's stressful, but deep down we actually really enjoy it at the end of the day. Anyway, before I go, I normally play like a little game with my guests. Okay. And I'm going to read out two things or two phrases or two words, whatever. Okay. And you have to tell me what you lean more towards, okay? Okay. So, white wedding dress or Chinese choir? Oh, that's really tough. (laughs) Especially because we've just been speaking about it. Yes. Um... Oh, that's really tough because um, possibly Chinese choir. Yeah. Only because all the accessories that go with it is really nice. Yeah. I mean, my choir wasn't the traditional ones because the ones that are proper made with um, everything all sewn on would cost you around about £1,000 maybe. Wow, it's expensive. It's really expensive because um, it's all handmade, like it's all labour intensive and mm-hmm. it's very, very expensive. Or at least a couple of hundred pounds, not as not as cheap as like £40 or something. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe the Chinese choir because I think yeah. it's... It stands out compared to the wedding dress. Mm-hmm. I've heard with the Chinese choir as well that the sleeves are shorter and it's yeah. it's so that when you're wearing your bangles, you can show it off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. At least I know something about Chinese culture. I'm like, I'm like the worst Chinese person ever. No. Um, but I'm learning that. I'm learning. Yeah. Um, okay, so Chinese choir, Mahjong or Monopoly? Oh, Monopoly. That's easy. <laughs> so I don't know how to play Mahjong. I don't know how to play it either. Yeah, I um, wish I did in a way because it seemed quite fun. Um, but yeah, more Monopoly for sure. Yeah. Um, Tak or Cupcake? Oh, Dantak. Do you know how to make it, by the way? I've made it once or twice before. Um, so not, not, like, not like a pro at it or anything. Um, but definitely Dantak because I love like the eggy custard filling with the flaky pastry. Yeah. Because I, like, I like cupcakes, but... 
the buttercream, I'm quite peculiar with my buttercream. I prefer like a Swiss meringue buttercream, which is the cream that um, Sweet Tooth Factory put on the, the wedding cake. Right, okay. Less sweet. Ah, what's it called, sorry? The butter, what, what buttercream um, is it? Swiss meringue buttercream. Ah, okay. I have it's to not remember that. Compared to traditional buttercream, yeah. Less sweet as well. Um, do you remember Sooty? Sooty Sweep and Sue? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sooty or Hello Kitty? Oh, I think I have to say Sooty. Really? Yeah. I think when I was younger, I was a big fan of Hello Kitty. But as I grew older, I've grown out of it. Right, okay. But saying that though, like on that um, night when I was doing the hairbrushing ceremony, mum mm-hmm. gave me a pair of new slippers to wear. Okay. And they were pink Hello Kitty slippers. Oh, really? <laughs> but I couldn't say no. So mum still thinks, like John always says, like mum still thinks like you're a 12-year-old in her eyes. <laughs> buy all this little cute kitty stuff for me. And I'll never say no because mum's just really cute. She's, she's like, I'm not sure what to get you, but this is like really cute, you know, from Hong Kong. I was like, yes, I love it. Oh, you know what? I'll tell your mum, I like Hello Kitty. I'll take yeah. it. Um, Giuk Gone or Beef Jerk? Oh, Giuk Gone. Oh, I love Giuk Gone. It's so Giuk good. Giuk Gone, it's just the pork tastes better. And the way how it's done. Yeah. Um, every time we go to Hong Kong um, or Singapore, we always buy buy some yeah and bring it across <laughs> i love geo gone but it's really expensive it is really expensive maybe it's because of the labor i'm not too sure but it's so tasty um i remember i went to macau a few years ago and then I, we bought some geo gone and it was so good because i think they make it there as well don't they yes yeah, so it's on like a, a charcoal yes and that's it yeah oh, like so fragrant the smell is coming out and they let you i know you go along this road where they're just giving you samples to try and that's what really attracts you it's delicious haven't had it in a very long time i know can you get to your barn in london sorry say that again um so the next time i go asia i'll buy you some (laughs) yeah please do (laughs) um here i don't really think they sell it here or at least not the ones that we're looking for they might sell like some random ones that have like a really like a t- one to two year expiry date, yeah. like the vacuum packed ones. Um, but no, I have to go to Asia to get the good stuff. I know. I think you've got to go to Asia. So, oh, anyway, maybe one day. Um, before I go, what's next for Dumpling Shack then? What's next? Um, so we've actually been discussing the last two days already. Um, is either we're going to find a prep kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, where we can put in more machinery, produce more dumplings, and start like a frozen dumpling section mm-hmm. in our in our products. Um, or, oh, really? What for people to buy and take it home? Yeah, exactly. Ah, um, amazing. We're going to be able to we can produce it at a larger scale. Right. Okay. Because um, frozen dumplings have been quite a big demand, especially during lockdown. Yeah, it's something that we haven't quite been able to do yet because. We don't. We need more staff. Mm-hmm. It's quite labour intensive to make all the dumpling skin and then to wrap it as well. So if we can get some machinery in to help um, produce dumplings in bigger in bigger quantities, then we can definitely start selling frozen dumplings too. Oh, oh my God! Let me know when you ever do it because it's oh that'd be amazing. I'd love to put yeah, it in my we'll freezer with their dumplings, bigger batches. Mm. Oh, also, sorry. Go on. So I've just got so much to say. So go on. The prep kitchen. Or we're going to look for another 
site that's similar to South Quay, mm-hmm. whereas in the residential area, mm-hmm. we can do some walking customers and some delivery customers. Oh, nice. So, wow, you've got so much so much on the go <laughs> yeah so like I was saying like John's very ambitious and he's the one who's who's helping to push the business forward mm-hmm. so he would have the idea and then I'll try and help him implement it mm-hmm. and to make it happen so we I think we work quite well together well wow, you do so, work really well together yeah he's got half of the knowledge and I've got the other half and we try and piece it together yeah wow you're such a team player <laughs> just less scary there's two people yeah so like because if I was on my own, I wouldn't have the confidence to do all this. <laughs> um, yeah. I also want to say your chili, your chili oil is amazing. Um, I couldn't wait because I bought it from you uh, about a month ago, but yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't use it because I still had some chili oil left to use. Oh. So, but I've been like trying to like you know just hurry up, let's just finish it because I don't like. I don't like having things that are like kind of half open and finish, half yeah. used. I just rather, like, you know, like finish one chili oil, for example, and then just open up another one. It's so good. It's really chilly as well. Obviously, it's, it's a chili spicy. oil. Can you take your spice? Or is it yeah, too yeah, spicy? a little bit. No, no, no. It's not too spicy. No, I can. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, it's really good. So delicious. So yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Thank you. It goes well with um, most things. I put it on like pasta, eggs, um, rice. Yeah, I'll put it in my towel fan. Oh, that's Ch- lovely. Yeah, like a towel fan, it's really good. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to take up too much of the time. I just want to say thank you so much for um, taking the time out to speak to me. Um, and honestly, I'm such a big fan of you guys. Lots of love to you and John. I hope that you guys managed to get like a, a little break though, just to get away from Dumpling Shack, you know, just have some husband and wife time and hoping that you'll get to go to Japan soon as well. Oh, thank you. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really grateful that you um, asked me to do this uh, interview podcast with you. Aww. I was quite shocked that you asked me. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't too sure whether this would happen because I think I messaged you guys and I just thought, you know, because I've just been following you guys for ages and just because I'm such a fan, I thought, you know what? They're just going to be so busy. I just, so I didn't know if you would, I don't know. I just didn't. I just didn't know if this is actually go ahead. So I actually feel really humble that it's actually gone ahead. And you know, when you were messaging me yesterday, saying you're quite nervous, I went, "Oh my god, yeah. I'm the one that's nervous." But I thought, you know what? Just you know, I'll just be calm, collective. But deep down, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, am I going to like repeat the same thing over over again? Am I going to like stutter? Am I going to have like a like freeze and not not sure what to say? But no. you made me feel like really comfortable. Like you said, it's just like a a chat with a cousin I haven't seen in a very very long yeah, time that's all it is that's all it is yeah so it's been lovely tonight it's been quite really relaxing as well because yeah. if I wasn't using this time to, to talk to you I'll just be on my laptop doing other admin stuff that's never ending <laughs> yeah if you if you run like a if you run a business the admin thing is just like never ending completely but um listen it's so lovely to chat to you tell John I said hi and uh, and I'll see you soon at a Dumpling Shack in Spitalfields. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Bye bye. Wow, what a great chat I had with you. Such a successful Logan Paul husband and wife. Total couple goals. And it looks like their business will be branching out soon. And massive love to Yi and her newly hubs, John. If you want to check them out on Instagram, they are Dumpling Shack. And if you are in London, you definitely have to check them out and pay them a visit. 
And even if there's a queue, just queue. Be patient. You won't regret it. (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care and stay safe.